Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. My name is Robert Lynn. And I am Joe McCormick, and it's Monday, the day of each week that we read back messages from the Stuff to Blow Your Mind email address. If you've never gotten in touch before, why not give it a shot? You can always email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Whatever kind of message you want to send is fine. Of course, we appreciate feedback on recent episodes. If you want to let us know what you thought about recent episodes, if you want to add something interesting to a topic that we discussed, if you want to send corrections, questions, questions, any of that is fine. Just send it to contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Also, social messages are, are great. If you just want to tell us uh, what you like about the show or how you listen, that that's all uh, welcome to. So send it on in. Yeah. And if you want to email us and get access to the Discord, uh, you can do that. There's a community of listeners there you can interact with. Also, if you're on Facebook, you know, follow us on Facebook, but there's also a Facebook group, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind discussion module, and you'll find a community of fans there as well. Let's see, Rob, I'm going to start things off by reading this message from Lurch in response to our series on mud, specifically, I think the second episode in that series uh, where we looked at uh, wallowing behaviors in animals, especially pigs. All right. Lurch says, good morning, gentlemen. I just finished listening to your episodes on mud. Took me by surprise you did. I'd never have thought such a um, mud-dane subject could be so interesting. <laughs> Lurch, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Did that work? I don't know. I, I, it, I, it generated a chuckle or a smile on my end. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm smiling as well. Okay. Well, good job then, Lurch. Uh, bringing pigs into it reminded me of the summers I used to spend 
on my uncle's farm. Along with the cattle, chickens, crops, and rabbits, he raised pigs. Tending them was an experience I wish I could forget. It's not that some event or practice, this was the 1960s, husbandry has changed, uh, traumatized me. No, it was the smell. It's been nearly 60 years since then, and my nostril hairs still haven't uncurled. Regarding wallowing, I'd always been told the reasons for it were twofold, cooling and protection from pests, both of which you mentioned. Since I wasn't there in the winter, it never occurred to me that they might wallow in the freezing cold, too. I think it's possible this might also be related to temperature regulation. While in the summer months, as you point out, mud can be used as a cooling jacket, in the winter it can actually be used to maintain heat. Hmm, interesting. Lurch says, this wouldn't work near the freezing point of water, but drop a few more degrees and the surface of the mud would freeze, forming a thermal barrier trapping the pig's body heat. I have personal experience with the effect, though a tad bit cleaner. In high school, I was on the swim team and would walk home after practice. Being the dead of winter, and in Illinois, it was usually a bit nippy outside. After the first block or so of my journey, my wet hair would freeze into a pretty solid head cap of ice. But since the ice trapped warm air next to my scalp, I was comfortable and never had to worry about where the heck I'd put my hat. As always, thanks for keeping me thinking. Keep the gravy warm. Lurch. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I'd never heard of that kind of effect. Uh, interesting. That, that, you know, that might be worth some, uh, some follow-up. All right, our next one comes to us from Raj. Raj writes in, in response to mud volcanoes and puddles plus more Pokemon dream lore. Um, Raj says, hello, gentlemen. I may be too late in writing in terms of suggesting topics, ideas, foods for thought for your mud episodes. But once Robert mentioned discussing mud volcanoes at the end of part three, it stirred a memory in me. I remember coming across a couple of videos from a YouTuber named Physics Girl, a.k.a. Diana Cowern. One discusses a mud volcano, a.k.a. mud pot, she found in California, link for reference. And another discusses a moving mud puddle, link for reference. So, Raj, I actually watched both of these, and they're great videos. Again, so uh, for, you, for you who can look it up right now, the channel is called Physics Girl, uh, and you can probably just use search terms like moving mud puddle, especially because that's the one to really see. But to summarize the story for you, the one who is listening now, I'm going to refer here to a local news article I dug up from CBS 8 San Diego. This is by a writer named Shannon Handy from March 2021 about the story. Uh, so uh, the news story goes, Imperial County, California. It's not something you normally see along a freeway, but local Caltrans crews have been keeping a close watch on a geyser that's impacting both the Union Pacific Railroad and State Route 111 near Nyland in Imperial County. Some describe it as a bubbling pool of mud often referring to it as a mud pot. Sean Rizzuto with Caltrans said the geyser is releasing CO2. It's been around since 1953, but it didn't start moving until 2016, following some seismic activity in the area. So it's been moving about 10 feet per month on average, said Rizzuto. He said the challenge is determining where it will go next. 
quote, right now it's been static for the past two and a half, three months, so it hasn't really moved very much, but that could change in an instant. Caltrans officials considered several options, including a detour, which wasn't ideal because it would have taken drivers 80 miles out of the way, and the 111 is crucial for the agriculture business there. So they describe how this may be the only known moving geyser in the world. And there were some efforts by uh, the California transportation authorities to try to figure out what to do because it's like the giant bubbling mud puddle caused by seismic activity from below. CO2 is being released from it. And it's like chasing the roads. It's approaching the road and it's going to knock that out. And it's approaching rail lines. It's going to knock those out. Uh, So they're like trying to find ways to either stop it from moving or building around it. And all these plans just keep failing. Uh, in fact, this is where it's definitely l- worth looking up the uh, the Physics Girl videos, which are, are, are very excellent and get into a lot more detail. And it's a very scary and dramatic story. Like, there's one part where they try to, uh, the authorities try to bury, like deep bury a a metal retaining wall to stop the puddle from spreading. But there's one point where it just suddenly spreads beyond the metal retaining wall, just like cracks the giant metal wall in half and it's going under it and uh, emerging on the other side. And uh, there there are these sudden moments of dramatic collapses of the walls of the puddle as it, it spreads mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, I don't remember exactly how far, maybe even like uh, somewhere like 20 to 60 feet suddenly. Uh, so it's, it's scary and it's not just scary because you'd think about like, I don't want to fall into that puddle and sink down into the mud and whatever's going on, uh, beneath it. Uh, but the bubbling, even though I think the puddle is not thought to be hot, the bubbling is from the release of CO2. And of course we know like CO2 is heavier than air and tends to kind of pool in low lying areas. So if you were to fall into this pit, it is of course a suffocation risk as well. So it's this moving lethal puddle of bubbling mud that almost seems to be like chasing our transportation infrastructure. Oh, I, I don't like that at all. I think our, um, our our bubbling death puddles need to stay in one spot where we can keep an eye on them, not just move around on their own. So if you want to look up the video, uh, the main one by the Physics Girl channel is called The World's Only Moving Mud Puddle. Uh, and yeah, it's definitely worth a look. Yeah, I was glancing at this as well. Yeah, the footage is pretty incredible. Oh, but Raj has more to say. Uh, I think especially about Pokemon, right? Yes, Raj continues. Switching gears... In the most recent listener mail episode, Gotta Dream Them All, a couple of astute listeners mentioned a few Pokemon related to dreaming. I'd like to add a tiny bit more by mentioning a couple of moves or attacks that relate to dreams. One move is called Dream Eater. Per the description from uh, Cerebi.net, quote, The user, your Pokemon, eats the dreams of a sleeping target, your opponent's Pokemon. The user's HP is restored by up to half the damage taken by the target. Another move is Nightmare. Quote, a sleeping target sees a nightmare that inflicts some one-fourth damage every turn. Again, from Cerebi.net. Related to Pokemon moves are something called abilities, which are special powers that Pokemon can have. Dark Ray's ability is called Bad Dreams, which reduces the HP of sleeping opposing Pokemon. Finally, I'd like to add another Pokemon to the Dreaming Pool. While not related to Dreaming directly, There is another Pokemon in addition to Snorlax that is known for sleeping. It's called Komala from the Aloha region. Here is one descriptor of this Pokemon. Quote, it is born asleep and it dies asleep. All its movements are apparently no more than the results of it tossing and turning in its dreams. Thanks for the phenomenal work you produce and don't forget to be awesome. Cheers, Raj. 
Uh, well, that is a haunting Pokemon description. <laughs> it's born asleep and dies asleep. All it does is dream. That's its whole life. Uh, I had to look this one up. I don't remember seeing uh, this one on a card or anything, but it looks like a koala clutching like a, it looks like it's clutching a log pillow. And as far as I can tell, it doesn't have any evolutions, which makes sense because this is all it does. But is it normal for Pokemon uh, to get that strange and dark or is this kind of a fluke? No, there are a lot of strange and dark Pokemon. Uh, I've, I've, I've come to learn uh, quite a few uh, that have just weird qualities to them. Uh, like some of the episodes of Pokemon that I've been exposed to are just weird. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff out there. Well, thanks, Raj. Uh, OK, this uh, next message is from Tyler. It starts uh, off being about mud, but then ends with Weird House Cinema. Tyler says, hey, pals, I was listening to the Mud Part 4 episode today, and Rob made a reference to Solo and Mud Troopers. It took me way too long to realize you were referencing Solo, a Star Wars story, and not 1996's Solo, starring Mario Van Peebles as a military android that grows a conscience and protects the village he was meant to destroy uh, from his creators. Oh, man, I remember when this one came out. Uh, Tyler says, this is a movie that I saw when I was probably about eight, and uh, it just kind of stuck in my mind for 25 years. I don't think I know anyone else that has seen it. It would be a great movie for Weird House Cinema. It checks a lot of boxes. A gumbo of Terminator, Commando, Rambo, Seven Samurai, pretty much any 80s action movie with glistening, rippling pecs or man-shaped robots. And it's not too hard to find. Thanks for all you do. Really appreciate you, Tyler. Ah, fascinating. Now, I have not seen the 1996 solo film, but I was, I was looking it up a little bit and looking at the cast, and it has a, a pretty great supporting cast that includes the always terrific William Sadler. It has Adrian Brody in it, and it's based on uh, the 1989 sci-fi novel Weapon by Robert Mason, a Vietnam vet who I think is, I don't know if he's primarily known for this, but he's, he's also known for having penned uh, a memoir or multiple memoirs about his service in Vietnam. Hmm. But Mario Van Peebles, uh, you know, always fun. He was in what? Uh, the third Jaws movie. He was in the fourth. The fourth. OK, he was in the third Highlander movie, which is oh, actually okay. a prequel to Highlander 2. So, uh, you know, sort that out in your head as you as you wish. Was Christophe Lambert still in the third Highlander movie? Yes. Yeah. So the the gimmick in Highlander, the final dimension from 1994 is it's post Highlander one pre Highlander two. He thinks he's won the prize and defeated the last immortal, but, you know, it just something doesn't feel right. Turns out <laughs> there's uh, one more immortal or maybe like a handful of immortals that were part of like this evil, like uh, nomadic band of immortals. And they fell into a glacier or something. They got frozen. You know, they've, they've been out of commission and then they wake up and he's like, oh, I've got one last guy to take out. And so they have to battle and so forth. Mario Van Peebles is the villain. All right. I guess I'm going to have to see that sometime. <laughs> shout out to astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples rob as the uh, the local host with allergies here they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies what was your experience like yeah that's right i always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring so they sent me the little uh, nasal spray i tried out the product and yeah it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day and it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use this directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. All right. We also heard from Ted. Ted is responding to our um, episode of Machine Speaks. Ted says, hi, Robert and Joe, longtime listener, first time writer, just finished listening to your episode, The Machine Speaks, and feel embarrassingly enough compelled to write in. With the title and your episode preface of Heads That Talk, I thought for sure I knew about one talking head that you would reference. Boy, was I wrong. However, the examples explained were fascinating, and yes, my mind was blown. I suppose my mind was drifting towards a mix of Weird House Cinema and a core episode where I thought fictional characters would be in play. I was hoping to hear your take on Max Headroom. As a child of the 80s, he's, he was our futuristic talking head. I don't really remember much of the original series, but I did love his cameo in Back to the Future 2 when Marty McFly stumbles into the cafe 80s to order a Pepsi from Max the waiter. Love the show. Look forward to more of your great work. Thanks, Ted. This is a funny coincidence because I happen to have just watched the first episode of Max Headroom just a few nights ago. Uh, it was oh. uh, This week I was hanging out with a friend of mine. He had listened to our episode on the Super Mario Brothers movie, mm -hmm. uh, which of course was made by the same pair of directors as the original Max Headroom series. I guess Max Headroom probably kind of got them the job on, on Mario. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you, you should see the show. So we watched the first episode and it was a hoot. So it is 
oh, I don't have the right words yet in mind to to describe the vibe of it. I will say in the opening credits, uh, I I saw somebody and I was like, is that Michael Ironside? But it was Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Not a common mistake people make. Yeah, uh, they generally have different energies, those two. Yeah, but somehow I, you know, it it, it was close enough. Uh, but uh, so the premise is there's a cyberpunk dystopia. TV rules over everything. So the world, you know, like the, the real authorities are basically the boards of directors of television media corporations. And there is this boardroom full of evil corporate directors who are designing a new form of TV advertisement called blipverts, which implants subliminal messages in viewers, forcing them to buy and consume. But also it occasionally causes people's heads to explode. And there is a fearless journalist uh, named Edison Carter, played by Matt Frewer, who's always running around in a baggy leather jacket, carrying a full-size television camera in his own hand. So he's the journalist, but he's also the cameraman. Hmm. Oh, and then he's also got sort of a controller who is like his, his live producer, except the role of a producer in this world is mostly like hacking security systems to get you through doors and stuff. You know, I'm just looking at the uh, the cast list for this episode, and I noticed that Amanda Pays is in it. Uh, she, of course, was the female lead in Leviathan. Oh, yes. In fact, she is his hacker producer. She's always <laughs> like, you know, we're in. But anyway, he's investigating a case where, yeah, somebody's head blew up, and I think he's trying to get to the bottom of it. And he's fleeing corporate security agents and then is injured in the process in a motorcycle accident, crashing against a gate arm in a parking garage that says max headroom, meaning like max height of the clearance mm-hmm. for the gate arm. Uh, and then the the villain from Dumb and Dumber and a hacker who is a <laughs> child uh, scan his brain and create a CGI version of him. It's like a simulation of his brain and of his appearance, which is not actually CGI. Max headroom is achieved with like prosthetics and makeup and camera mm-hmm. effects. The villain would be, that's what, uh, Charles Rocket? That's right, yeah. From SNL, yeah. Yeah, he's the villain from Dumb and Dumber, and in this he's like a, you know, corporate skis. But anyway, so they create this version of him. They Meanwhile, they, like, send him off to, like, a, a morgue, but it turns out he survives. I think Amanda Pays revives him. Uh, and uh, so, so, like, he's still alive, but there's this simulated version of his brain that is now a TV character. And the, you know, the bosses at the media corporation love him. The villains like him because he's, like, really entertaining TV content. So, they, you know, they like him broadcasting because uh, people watch. But Max Headroom is very sly, and he seems to make a lot of uh, glitchy, satirical comments about his owners that fly under the radar. Hmm. I don't know how exactly it develops as the show goes on, but yeah, he he seems to be both a product of an evil media corporation and uh, constantly making little jokes at their expense. So are you going to keep going with the series? Did you get a taste for it? And now you need both, what, two seasons of Max Headroom? Oh, man, I can't stop with the late 80s dystopian (laughs) sci-fi. I will say either a good thing about it or a bad thing about it, depending on your uh, appetite for ironically appealing aesthetics, is that it's very MTV. Mm -hmm. You you know that feeling. It, It has MTV cinematography. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly exactly what you mean there. And you see that uh, you see ripples of that uh, continue to move through cinema for, gosh, decades, I think. And which makes sense, too, because, I mean, just in general, without thinking too hard about it, like MTV as a whole back in the day 
encompass not only like the sort of uh, like local MTV flair, but also the various music videos that were featured, which often featured the work of um, filmmakers who would in many cases go on to make feature length films. Not always, but but mm-hmm. often you see that. And so it makes sense that some of the same stylistic trends would continue to carry over. But not, yeah, not everybody. Like, for instance, uh, you know, Chris Cunningham, a great British video artist and music video director. Uh, I think for a while he was attached to direct. I think everybody at one point has been attached to do a a film adaptation of Neuromancer by William Gibson. And it's never come to pass. Um, I I think maybe it's just one of those books. It's like it's too big. It's it's shadow is too great. And also it's been... um, all the ideas in Neuromancer just about have been used. So, like, it, it seems like a very difficult uh, adaptation task to take on. Yeah, we already have The Matrix. That's like 50% of Neuromancer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of Neuromancer, uh, we also heard from listener Fletch on Discord related to Neuromancer, which comes up briefly in The Machine Speaks. Kind of a, an offhand comment from me. Fletch says, Rob mentioned Neuromancer briefly in The Machine Speaks in relation to making Faustian deals with AI. But there's actually a mechanical talking head inspired by Faber's euphonia that is featured in the novel, too. The head is stolen from the reclusive Tessier Ashpool family's orbital habitat, and they send their cloned ninja to recover it. It's described like this. Quote, Jimmy was a burglar and other things as well and just back from a year in high orbit, having carried certain things back down the gravity well. The most unusual thing Jimmy had managed to score on his swing through the archipelago was a head, an intricately worked bust, cloisonné over platinum, studded with seed pearls and lapis. Smith, sighing, had put down his pocket microscope and advised Jimmy to melt the thing down. It was contemporary, not an antique, and had no value to the collector. Jimmy laughed. The thing was a computer terminal, he said. It could talk. And not in a synth voice, but with a beautiful arrangement of gears and miniature organ pipes. It was a Baroque thing for anyone to have constructed, a perverse thing, because synth voice chips cost next to nothing. It was a curiosity. Smith jacked the head into his computer and listened as the melodious, inhuman voice piped the figures of last year's tax return. Well, that's beautiful. I, yeah, I'd forgotten all about this. Uh, it's been been a long time since I read Neuromancer, uh, but yeah, William Gibson is exactly the, the sort of author that would that would, would would fit this historical nugget in there. You think this is a, a direct reference to Joseph Faber and the Euphonia, not just like a coincidence? I bet it's a, a direct reference. Yeah, I mean that yeah. you know, having read plenty of other books uh, by, uh, by Gibson, like this, this is the, yeah, the exact kind of like tech geekery and, and history that he would fold into the, the, the making of the work. Hmm. All right. We're going to wrap things up here with one short message about weird house cinema. This is from Paul. Paul says, uh, in line with your shake hands with danger comment, <laughs> Uh, in a recent listener mail, and your affinity for uh, gore. Do we have an affinity for gore? I guess in some contexts. It depends. Depends Depends on exactly, for for me anyway, speaking for myself, it depends how the gore is presented. uh, What is the intent and what is the execution like? I never had a subscription to Fangoria. I love horror, but I don't consider myself a gore hound. But 
with the right inflection of absurdity, I, I can get into it. Like, I do love Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and things like that. Yeah, for me, it's kind of got, got to be the trifecta. Like, is it is it over the top? Um, is it not quite believable? And is it is it not done in a nasty way? Is it not meant to make me feel bad, but is like this kind of like splattery, you know, kind of Fangoria level of, of like just enthusiasm for the fake blood? Like, for instance, um, I think I recently mentioned the Paul Nashy movie, The Hunchback of the Morgue. Um, mm. That has some wonderful gore in it. Like, it's a real gore fest. But, like, none of it feels... <laughs> you're, you're never in suspense about, oh, did they really cut somebody's head off so easily? And that's actual blood? Like, no, no. There's, there's no question about it. And you're just able to enjoy it. I also like, like, Verhoeven gore. That, yeah. Mm. That's certainly, yeah, over the top. Enough yeah. That no. Uh, yeah. There's a whole Verho, His gore has its own quality to it, and I guess kind of varies film to film as well. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, sorry, we stopped in the middle of a sentence. So picking up from Paul, uh, Paul uh, to start over. Paul says, in line with your shake hands with danger comment <laughs> in a recent listener mail and your affinity for gore, I thought you would appreciate forklift driver Klaus. It may be a bit more campy, but it seems like the type of thing you would enjoy. I remember seeing a sequel at some point, but wasn't able to find that with a quick search. Hope you enjoy Paul. Uh, so forklift driver Klaus appears to be a it is like a short uh comedy horror satirical film that is a parody of workplace safety training videos like shake hands with danger uh in which a german forklift driver it's his first day on the job he's learning how to do everything but he ends up uh, maiming and mutilating everybody he works with and it ends with like dri driving a forklift covered in mangled co-workers off into the sunset being chased by a chainsaw yeah, this is a so this is a film that's a, it's a parody of actual workplace industrial safety videos. But it yeah, it feels very much in line with Shake Hands with Danger and so forth. And it has that that sort of energy. But yeah, then things begin to spiral out of control. And by the end, it is just this ridiculous gore fest that is uh, that. Yeah, it, it is. I found rather delightful. Um, and, and hilarious to watch, yeah. uh, just very unbelievable in, in the later stages. Uh, though earlier on, like you do kind of get that, uh, that cringiness that the actual workplace safety videos tend to have because they mm -hmm. want to show you, they want to make you feel bad about what is happening. But then this movie keeps going. The, I mean, this short film keeps going and pushes that over the line and just goes whole hog into this kind of like, early Peter Jackson-esque blood-splurting madness. I don't know if this is true, but at least the wiki says that some uh, workplaces do use this film as a training video, despite the fact <laughs> it's a parody. Yeah, I could see somebody like, you know, busting it out to sort of to end on a, on a fun note for everyone. I don't know. Okay, does that do it for today? I believe it shall. Uh, we will go ahead and close out today's listener mail, but we'll be back next Monday, so keep them rolling in if you have thoughts about our episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, the core episodes from Tuesdays and Thursdays. You have any responses to our monster fact or artifact ep episodes? If you, you have you have monster suggestions for future monster facts, uh, let us know. And also Weird House Cinema. If you have thoughts about these various movies, thoughts about movies we should be considering and uh, and, and watching or rewatching. Uh, all of that's fair game, so keep it coming. 
Huge thanks to our excellent audio producer, JJ Posway. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on uh, this episode or any other to suggest a topic for the future or just to say hi, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.